This is Andy Roninson, coming to you straight from the heart of New York City, and you're listening to the all-original 10-minute musical podcast, Take a 10. When your credit card won't take, when you miss the bus again, take a breath, take a break, and take a 10. This month, we bring you another special retrospective on episodes numbers 6 through 10. These are conversations with the writers and some of the actors. Uh, We're going to talk about how these these stories came together. We're going to hear kind of the process of writing. We're also going to hear people's backstories and even a conversation with a whole group of very excited high school kids who were just about to perform the very first high school production of a Take a 10 episode. You're also going to hear two cut songs and their full performances. And uh, so let's just go ahead and get started with... Episode number six, I Heart New York. Book and lyrics by Robbie Sandler. Music by Andy Roninson. This is Amanda Keating. Amanda has had a really long day at work, and all she wants to do right now is just get home. Hold the door, hold the door, hold the door. Thank you. Unfortunately, Amanda still has to deal with the New York City subway. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been held because police activities are not strictly apologize for the delay. We will be moving shortly. Excuse me, sir. Sir? Hmm? Do you know what he said? He said we're being held for a police activity. <sighs> Great. Thank you. Hey. Yeah? I bet you got real smooth elbows. Ah, ha. Uh, I think I see a seat way over there. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Okay. Ah, and it's wet. Could today get any worse? Ladies and gentlemen! Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, they call me the Underoo Buckaroo, and I heart New York. These are brand new briefs, and this is a brand new song. Here's a fella carrying a briefcase Looks like he's a very busy bee Maybe he should loosen up his tie some Hope he doesn't have somewhere to be That's right, everybody Cause now he is stuck, stuck, stuck on the subway We are stuck till that investigation's done We are stuck, stuck, stuck on the subway Stuck, 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 stuck on the uptown one. Hey, man, don't don't touch my elbow. Uh, now this guy is a long way from Brooklyn. Hey there, Mr. Flannel-covered hipster. That beard is getting mighty long and low. You see that pretty lady over yonder? Looks like you've got time to say hello. That's right, because you two are stuck, stuck. Stuck on the subway, we are stuck still, so we ought to have some fun. We are stuck, stuck, stuck on the subway. Stuck, 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 stuck on the uptown one. I'm sorry, can you play on the other side? Here's a lady asking me to leave her. I just hope that we can get along. I'm sure we can. She'll be stuck here just as long as we all are. And something tells me that she could use a song. I'm 
more of a handwritten note. Cause kind of she is stuck, stuck. Everybody's stuck on the subway. She is stuck. That's right. Still, not a chance she's gonna move. She is stuck, stuck, stuck on the subway. Stuck, 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 stuck. Dude, I'll give you a dollar. On the uptown one. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, so very, very much. I am the Underoo Buckaroo. Very nice. Thanks. I got a million of them. I bet. Here's your dollar. I don't want an angry dollar. I only sing for happy money. You can drop the act. I live here. Me too. And I harp the heck out of it. You really don't have to sell me on it. Forget the dollar. We're held for police activity. Come on, make a friend. <sighs> what would I say to the human equivalent of Times Square? I'm a person, and this is what I do. I'm not some off-brand Elmo. I've been on the Today Show. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend you. I've just had an awful day, and now you're part of it. That's a terrible apology. Yeah, you're right. Can we just start over? Sure. Great. I'm Kevin, and you seem like your name would be... Amanda. How did you do that? You left your office ID on. Okay, maybe I don't get it. I'm a pretty happy person. Why are you so upset? You want the list? I just sat in a wet seat. Some guy tried to feel up my elbows in a very specific way. He got you too. And I've been wearing my coat all day because some genius spilled coffee on me. And when my mother called at lunch, she offered to pay for court stenography classes again. Like, why would I want to be a court stenographer? And then she said that my old room was still available. And it's like, logically, I should give up and go. But I'm 29, and astrologically, I'm having this whole Saturn Returns thing. And you know what? People like you, who also live here and keep smiling, blow my mind. Because it's antithetical to the way this jagged city works. <sighs> New York is hard. You have a job. I bet you even have insurance. I think you're doing all right. If you're not happy, why stay? Because it's never static. It's not improving, really, but it's always changing, and it might change for the better. I still don't get why you came here if it didn't seem great to begin with. I made a really impulsive decision to move here. I see. But I made it five years before I moved. I'd never been here. When I was 14, I just decided that I belonged here. And that was that. I even redecorated my bedroom as New York. I thought the New York skyline was like a giant key that unlocked a part of me. I know, I know, I hear it. I guess it's kind of lame, but I saw a perfect city through a gilded frame. All these pictures, the Brooklyn Bridge at night, Rockefeller Center, Times Square in black and white, pretended they were windows, a sheet of glass was all that stood between me and the city I fell for, sight unseen. myself in photos I took what I could get Alice Island sunrise the fountain at the Met 
why you don't go to those places. Yes, because I fell in love with a bunch of tourist traps. But those tourists have what you lost. They heart New York. Of course they heart New York. They're on vacation. They aren't stuck underground. You don't live underground. How do you get from the train to your office? I take the stairs at the northeast corner of 34th, walk east to 6th, make a right, and then go to the western entrance of the building. See, that's your problem. You could probably get there counting paces. Maybe never looking past your feet. You think I'm wrong. I say let the other rats run races. There's more on every street than just the street. Oh, good. We're moving. Uh, finally. Come up with me. Uh, what? There's a whole city up there. Come up with me. From the Chrysler to a tailor in a window Or the painting on the pavement that you found The guy who knows your name at the Greek place that you found Those are landmarks Look around Why do you care so much? Because I promised myself I would see you smile In the morning Waiting at your station Think of all the human faces that you know The lady reading Bruce Or the mariachi show Find your landmarks Say hello Between the two of us You think that I'm a dumb one But you Chose to become one If you don't want to drown Look up instead of down If you only take a second You can see it It's a waste of time to try to clean the slate The awful stuff does suck But the great stuff's pretty great Love the landmarks You create Times Square. This is you. Is it you? I don't know. It's a hell of a town. Okay. Okay. Glad you made it. Me too. One rule. Name it. Pants?
The cast of I Heart New York was Shoshana Richman as Amanda and Ken Clark as the Underoo Buckaroo. Hi, I'm Robbie Sandler, and I was the lyricist and librettist on I Heart New York, which was episode six, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Episode six. I'm very excited for a cut song to make it into this, especially with Jenna Sisson coming back and singing. Because yeah, she sang it for us in the Be My Workshop. And uh, why did we... That was a song that was originally for Amanda. Yes, that was Amanda's song. We rewrote... Well, I rewrote Amanda's song three times, I think. Uh, it was originally about uncomfortable shoes, and it was very angry. Oh, right, right. And it wasn't exactly right, but it was me like getting into the saddle and figuring the character out. Mm-hmm. And... Then this song, this song came from a place of really deep honesty for me in Mm. that the bloom of New York had sort of fallen off. I've been here since I was 18. It hasn't been the city for a while. I came here for college. I stayed by request. Now it's just me But why would I leave? New York was pretty awesome No New York was the best I used to look up inside Grand Central Station Instead of just following signs We used to go in college after hitting all the bars. My friends and I would lie there in the middle of the concourse and pretend that we were really seeing stars. We all stayed in town for the Macy's parade once to watch them blow up the balloons it's all a big commercial but we planned to go for kicks the night before thanksgiving we watched them grow around us i hadn't felt so small since i was six Building towers above me the minute I get off the train. It's what I always pictured when I heard the city's call. But here's the thing about it from a distance, it's a building. When I'm next to it, it's just another wall. And now I feel a different kind of small This was New York I loved that place is all Are we 
beginning. Have we made introductions? No, by the way. Let's let's see this since I'm recording. Oh. Can we all say hi? Hi. Hi, I'm Robbie Sandler. I was the lyricist and librettist. Hi, I'm Rebecca Frank, and I was the director. I'm Gregory Roslanowski, and I am the businessman. Um, my name is Ashley Aaron Sibia, and, uh, and I'm the hobo. My name is Dylan Parker, and I'm the elbow guy and the drummer. I'm Serena Lau, and I play the lady reading prose. Proust. Uh, Proust. Proust. <laughs> um, I'm Tatiana Pachathar. I am playing the underu buckaroo. Um, I'm Atalia Sternoff, and I'm playing the pretty lady. I'm Lila Klatz, and I'm playing Amanda. Bard High School Early College's yes. production of I Heart New York. Bard High School Early College Queens. Queens. Absolutely, because we almost ended up in Manhattan. Um, <laughs> no, I texted him last night, and I was like, we're going to this one, right? Nope. <laughs> so, Rebecca, how did you find this? I googled 10-minute musicals. No, <laughs> <laughs> creative. Good job, Rebecca. I go- perfect. Yes, I googled t- ten minute musicals because yeah. I was in Ryan's uh, directing tutorial, uh-huh. and he told us to find a ten minute play. And so, because I always have to make my life harder, I said, "Hey, can I do a musical?" And he's like, "If you can find one." Um, Why did you decide on this episode of all episodes? So what did you like I about spent. This? I spent. A couple of hours, a few hours, many hours, um, <laughs> listening to all of your musicals at the time. I had three that I wanted to do. Um, I'm so curious. Yeah. I know, me too. I had three I wanted to do. I Heart New York, uh-huh. Waiting for the Devil, wow. and The Answering Machine. And then I thought about characters and yeah. what was doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I chose this place specifically because we can all relate, relate to the, the subway. For me, it's actually really funny. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with New York, so the fact that I got cast as Amanda was pretty, pretty, uh... What's your problem familiar. with New York? What, what? I just, exactly Amanda's problem, you know? <laughs> like, it's, that, that's the thing, it's just... It's amazing, but it sucks. It, it sucks. You know, I hate the people here. They're all so... Thanks! <laughs> <rude. laughs> hey, hey, hey. You know what? There's a sense of, like, I'm better than you, like, wherever you go in New York. <laughs> people from other parts of the world do think that New Yorkers are rude, too, and it's pretty accurate. I, I like to say that New Yorkers are nice, but not friendly. Tatiana, you're playing the underroo buckaroo, yes. right? <laughs> but you're not a male, and as this was written for, yeah. right? Yeah. So, can you describe, well, one, describe what is your costume? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is my costume is pretty pink. Um, my hat is just, it's furry. I look like a pony. <laughs> Do you, did you know how to play guitar before you started this? No, not at all. So you learned guitar... For the play. For this play, and yes. you're playing it at the beginning and singing it in in the original key, is that right? Mm. Stuff uh, on the subway. Stuff on the subway, yeah. That yeah. was the original key. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I learned was that this is a collaborative experience. Like, creating something new, like, because like, this is new, you know? Like, yeah. We're the first people to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I really, really like that. So I'll say one thing, too, responding to that. What I liked was, like, there was a lot of flexibility with this. I mean, yeah. there's a script and there was what you're doing. But the collaboration, I think, like, I was talking to someone today about, the like, how awesome theater is because it's really a community thing. Like, we're all working on this, like, little baby. You know, we're all... Yes. It's not just... It is a baby. It's, it's, a, it's a child. We're all appreciating it. The director's appreciating. The audience is appreciating it. It's all, like, a collab... Because we all want it to seem real, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it just... It won't seem real until we all kind of make it that way. It yeah. was really I mean, important to me for my extras to not be extras. I, I really I really love this experience because I'm usually used to like uh, big musicals and mm-hmm. things that are usually like well known to everyone even if you're not into like theater and I really loved how intimate this was because it's not a lot of people that were involved 
and I, I, I loved it. I really loved it. Episode number seven, Little Lucy and the Sticky Tricky Marshmallow. Book and lyrics by Kate Anderson. Music by Andy Roninson. This is Lucy. Lucy is four. And Lucy loves sweets. But there's one sweet that Lucy loves most of all. Oh, say hello to a marshmallow. He likes it if you greet him. Hidey ho, Mr. Marshmallow, and say it's nice to meet him. Mind your P's and Q's, say your howdy-do's, and be careful how you treat him. And don't you know, Mr. Marshmallow, well, he might just let you eat him. I just can't get on board with this. Daddy's Come fighting? on, Ernest. It's just a little test that'll take all of five minutes, and then we can move on with our lives, but with more insight into our daughter's emotional maturity. She's four, Anthony. Four. Sharing and not hurting other people are major philosophical concepts to her right now. We don't need to be prepping her for the SATs. I appreciate your enthusiasm for our daughter's future, but you tend to go overboard sometimes. Honey, I just want to see where she is so we can figure out what she needs to advance. Studies show that, oh. on average, kids who can delay their gratification go on to reach higher levels in education, have higher SAT scores, <sighs> not to mention a lower body mass index. Oh, my God. Is this because I let her have two cupcakes the other day? It is, isn't it? No, it's not about that at all. Although I do think you could be better about saying no when it comes to treats. You know I'm working on that with Dr. Lambert. It's not my fault that my mother treated food like Zoloft. In my house, if you were sad, you ate pie. Skinned knee, pie. Bad grade, pie. You came out to your parents and your dad shrugged and said, figures. You ate pie. I just don't want our daughter developing your real relationship with food. So giving her a marshmallow <gasps> makes perfect sense. Ugh. You're missing the point. The marshmallow is just <gasps> a small reward for patience. You know, patience, right? That thing that I'm starting to run out of. Hi, sweetie. I heard you say marshmallow. You heard right. We have a fun experiment for you to try. Right, Daddy? <sighs> right. Super fun. Where is this marshmallow? I'm pulling it out right now. First, come sit down and I'll explain what we mean. Here we have a tasty... Marshmallow! Yes! It sure looks yummy. A sticky, squishy, pasty... You mustn't put it in your tummy yet. If you wait three minutes for this test to be complete, then we'll give you another marshmallow to eat. <gasps> Two marshmallows? That's right. So Daddy and I will leave the room for three minutes. When we come back, if the marshmallow is still on the plate, you can have two. Does that sound like a good deal? Mm-hmm. But, sweetie, we want you to know that no matter what happens... Okay, good. Then we'll be back in a bit. Come on, Ernest. <laughs> to a marshmallow, 
Hello, Mr. Marshmallow. I am going to eat you. But first, I have to wait until my daddy's come back, okay? Okay. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and please. La, la, la. Waiting can be fun. Time will go by fast. Tick, tock, tick. Soon it will be done. I know I can last. And like that time I rode my bike and graduated from the track. My daddies will be proud of me. Yes, I can do this. Wait and see. <laughs> Getting kind of bored. Staring at the door. Do, do, do. Think of the reward. You can get one more. my mouth today? Hey, little Lucy, well that sounds great, but how I wish we didn't have to wait. Now don't be tricky, I know you're sticky, so I'm gonna pretend that you taste icky. Hey, that's not sweet, I'm a tasty treat, the kind that you gotta go ahead and eat. Well, maybe I'll just have a tiny bit, and I kinda doubt my dad's will even notice it. I'll just tear off the teeniest, tiniest piece. Yeah. Mm. Marshmallow powder and gooey goo dreams mixed into one little taste. Sweet sticky heaven with sunshiny beams all in a white coffee paste. And Squishies and sugary dust Dancing around on my tongue One more! Oh. All of my wishes for soft chewy crust Marshmallow springtime has sprung Another! No! And no. It's great to be me! No. Cause this train is so nummy num nums In my tummy tum tums So maybe I'll just have one more Oh no! Where did it go? Perhaps there's a robber in here. Oh gee, it was me. And I made the treat disappear. What have I done? Now there is none. I just couldn't wait. Now it's too late. I've let them down. I should leave town. They'll be so angry. 
minutes. How did we do? Oh, sweetie. I couldn't do it. It's okay, honey. It was just a silly task. Well, it's good that we know where she stands. Now, Lucy, what did you learn? Anthony, look at your daughter. I just, I just want what's best for her, Ernest. She needs what to. would be best is if you could go get us some tissues. But, uh, fine. <laughs> but do you still want me? Oh, Lucy, listen. There is absolutely nothing in this world that would make us not want you anymore. You were meant to be our little Lucy. Do you understand? But I heard important. No, it wasn't important. What's important is that you're happy. Can you be happy? Please? Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story. But can you do me a favor and keep it a secret? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. When I was a little older than you are now, it was my turn for show and tell, and I brought in my favorite kind of pie, blueberry. But when I got up in front of the whole class, do you know what I did? No. I wet my pants. <laughs> and everyone laughed. I felt so silly that I started to cry. And when I cried, my teacher told me to hold my head up high. She said, everybody messes up sometimes. Everybody falls down by and by. But you gotta dig down deep and bounce on back Yes, you got to learn to hold your head up high So I changed my pants And I started to laugh It was so funny Oh me, oh me, oh my And when I laughed well, then I knew that I could hold my head up high. I said, everybody wets their pants sometimes. <laughs> everybody wants to hide or cry. It's okay to feel a little sad sometimes but you have to learn to hold your head up high yes you have to learn to hold your head up high oh you have to learn to hold your head up Are you feeling better now? A little bit. Oh, look, here comes Daddy with some tissues. Here, blow. <gasps> Good. 
Now, can we do a family squeeze? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Don't squish me too hard. There's something in my other hand. Check it out. <gasps> Another marshmallow? Yes, and it's for you to have right now. Oh, Anthony. I love you. <laughs> the cast of Little Lucy and the Sticky Tricky Marshmallow was Lisa Helmy Johansson as Little Lucy, Kevin Hammonds as Anthony, and Bill Toscano as Ernest. I've been teaching um, improv to fifth and sixth graders the past uh, like three months. Well, you can get them focused. That's it's great. been really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Any good stories from that? Anything we? Oh my gosh, they're so funny. But yes, they, they, the tendency to go weird immediately and just come out and do like a really weird voice and be like, I'm a tuna fish is like overwhelming for them. <laughs> so we worked. Middle school. Yeah, yeah. So we worked a lot on like grounded reality and like how to come out just being yourself and like wait for the funny thing but anyway it was great that's sorry that's off topic no i love it <laughs> it's, it's all off it's topic. hard improv is hard and it's hard to it teach hard. 10 year olds and 11 year olds too yeah mm -hmm. uh my name is kate anderson and i wrote the lyrics and book for this episode my name is bill toscano and i played one of the dads are you cool with me putting in the recording from bmi that you sang of the original song. I loved that song. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, I really like that song a lot too. And it I was, was singing it this morning. I thought I had it on my iPad and on my my phone, and I was playing. I was the song we sang actually in the episode came up. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love this one too, but I really wanted to hear that first one. I haven't mm -hmm. heard it in a while. But we 
take another step, take another step, take another step, take another step. The first one, it's funny that we threw it out and rewrote it. I, I like it a lot, but... I like it too. I mean, it was just like it could have been stronger. And I feel like what we did was more specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. We brought it in to be like, could this be any better? And they were like, yeah, it probably could. And I don't know if we did it better, but we were right. more specific. And still makes me very happy. Both of those songs just fill me up with such warmth. This, this whole episode just makes me so... It's very near and dear to my heart. Oh, good. It was so I, sweet and so yeah. cute. It really is adorable. I wrote the... Uh, I wrote a lot of it with my niece in mind. Oh. My And she just turned six recently. Uh -huh. mm. Um... But, but yeah, so that's, I, I, it means a lot to me too because it's just so her voice yeah. in my head. Well, anyway. I was just thinking about it on the way over here, how, how specific the book is with the kids' emotions. You know, I was thinking about, she's like, I heard you say marshmallow. And I was just thinking about how beautiful like to hear a four-year-old be suspicious mm -hmm. and be like, I'm not fucking around right now, all right? They cut, I heard you say marshmallow. They cut you so no slack either, a four-year-old. Totally. <laughs> it's no, just, true. there's no pretense. Nope. It's just that. And and that part, and then after her song, too, where it's, she's crying. She does such a good job with crying. Mm -hmm. it, like, it breaks my heart to hear her on I it. know. I listened to it, and I feel like I was in the same room with her, but I wasn't, and I really wanted to be. I like, know. Oh, my God, I wanted to sing right to her face. Um, um, do you know where I recorded Lisa, for some of that stuff, a lot of that I stuff. I don't, know. I recorded her in the, I mean, I don't know if it's legal, but in the <laughs> pit for Avenue Q. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, she was in the show at the time. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Oh. She did wow. it for, I think, two years. Um, and I, was, I found the recording of our reading that we did in the rehearsal space. Do, mm -hmm. you, remember, do you remember that? And we didn't have her whole song written. <laughs> right. So right. I was just like, just talk. And then I played, just made up some music underneath her. Um, talking. I'll just tear off the tiniest piece. There. idea. Do you remember? Ooh, good question. Um, I, think I think you brought up that you had seen the, the video. Oh, the marshmallow test. marshmallow test, yeah. yeah. Or they did mm -hmm. with Oreos. Well, they're like crack. They're just addicting. Absolutely. But you Absolutely. eat one and you have to have another. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But also part of it for me was doing Little Maestros, which is this music for babies. And that's how I know Lisa, because she was a teacher for that and I was that. So, But these are, these are babies, you know, six months to three years old. Right. And I think it was just one time that just sort of clicked in me that there was one time where this kid started crying because the mother was like, we gotta put the toy away now. Mm -hmm. And the kid just starts crying and there's something so simple and so all-encompassing about the first time you hear no and just like learning like that 
there is such a thing as no mm-hmm. in this yeah. world, mm-hmm. you know? So you've always got that four-year-old inside of you. Totally. It's, it's there. It's always been there. I am a four-year-old most of the time anyway. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm still developing my own emotional maturity with food. <laughs> oh, good for you. I don't think I've gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> like resisting marshmallows. How did you feel when it came out, Bill? What did you think when it was all done? I loved it. I, I was amazed at the orchestrations underneath it. I didn't uh-huh. uh, realize, I knew it was going to be large and extensive, but I didn't know it was going to be quite so yeah. uh, vibrant and fun and, and exciting and all over the map with, yeah. with her. It's funny though that orchestrationally, it's mm-hmm. funny that you pick up on that because also your song was easily the simplest orchestration out of all of them. Right. Because uh, her song, like each one I had specific things I was referencing. For the mm-hmm. very first, like, say hello to a marshmallow, like Diddy. Right. It was my like old school Pinocchio Disney type thing. And there's like a whole marching band on there, you know, and like Glockenspiel and like, a, actually there's like a little bit of a tin whistle, uh-huh. like just like somewhere yeah. in there. You went full out with this one. Oh, everyone, yeah. <laughs> and then for Kevin's, mm-hmm. I did, I listened to Bartok's Concerto for Orchestra three times because I was like, I want something like that. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds yeah. like Bartok, like almost. And then her, the giant epic, Right. About a marshmallow. It was like a lot of Disney. Yeah. But like different styles of Disney. Yeah, it mm-hmm. shifts a lot. Um, and then the end was just like operatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that high G was like, can you do that? She was like, I can go as high as you want. She, uh, <laughs> She's amazing. She it was great. But then on my song in the end, it was so sweet and lovely. Yeah, and just and guitar. Guitar. Mm-hmm. I was just, I just wanted something like Rafi. You yeah. know, and mm-hmm. was this like a, it was a hug. I mean, the whole yeah. song was like, I'm hugging the daughter. Mm-hmm, and it was just mm-hmm. so sweet. Yeah. You just want someone after any time you face a problem in life and you disappoint yourself, you just want someone to come out <laughs> with an acoustic guitar <laughs> and like sing like, it's okay. Yeah, no, totally. And it's, but it's also funny because it's not like everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, you will keep messing up. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to life. This happens. Yeah. You're gonna forget to file for taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Episode number eight. Evelyn Schaefer and the Chance of a Lifetime. Book and lyrics by Greg Edwards. Music by Andy Roninson. There's a feeling every gamer gets when they turn on the system. It's the feeling that this could be it, the great adventure. It's the feeling independent video game designer Evelyn feels as she looks up at the Moonbeam Studios Tower. This could be it. Okay, Evelyn, keep it in check. Your brain's on alert, your feet are inert. Be smart and assertive and you're sure to ace this interview. Okay, Evelyn, you're meeting Tim Beck. He's just a game designer, so think of him as minor. He's only the definer of the field you pursue. One interview, and you could go from indie to the pros. It's like you're in a game, and here's the title I propose. Evelyn Schaefer, and the chance of a lifetime. She thought she was a zero, who could never make the cut. Welcome to Moonbeam Studios. How may I help you? Hi, 
I have an appointment with Mr. Beck. Evelyn Schaefer. Present. Follow me and please keep your voice down. The designers are at work. Okay, Evelyn, you're really inside. And here on this floor, near decades before, they wrote all the stories that got you through the lonely years. You okay? Sure am. I think I just died. I made it to my Mecca, a block above Tribeca. Their office is so decadent, the cubicles are spheres. For years I only dreamed it, now I'm in their studio. Step inside the elevator, please. Mr. Beck's office is on the 30th floor. Doors closing. It's a very slow elevator. When you're a child, there are games you play And stories you hear that stick to you that change the way you see so what could be more fine than to dream and then design a game that would change who a person will be that gives her the hope that moon babe gave me 30th floor mr beck is the last door on the right please knock before entering and have a nice day Evelyn Schaefer and the chance of a lifetime where present, past, and future unmistakably align. Cause Evelyn Schaefer is so close to her lifetime dream. Though I never suggest any workings of destiny, this moment has to be a sign that the chance of a Evelyn Schaefer. Come in, come in. I should tell you I'm a big fan. What? Wheatgrass smoothie? Uh, I'll make you one too. I'm very honored to be be here. I never I never thought I'd get the chance to interview with you. Interview? Who said anything about an interview? Well, I assume... You see, Evelyn, I've already played your game. Penelope Pontrain in the City of Mystery? Loved Penelope. Loved her. How old is she, 19? Twelve. Right. Plucky young heroine solving puzzles and unraveling mysteries using nothing but her wits. With a few tweaks, that game could have real potential. So, I want to hire you to develop it here at Moonbeam. What? I... I'm... I don't know what to say. Yes is a great start. We've already got some of Moonbeam's top designers taking a crack at Penelope, and they're more than ready to collaborate with you. Just look at their concept art. Oh, gosh. Wow. Rockin', no? Penelope, she has, um... Boobs? Our research has found that players really connect to female characters with developed chests. And is that a gun? 
If she doesn't have a gun, how is she going to kill Nazis? Well, actually, there really isn't... Uh, wait, Nazis? Look, Evelyn, my old adventure games like The Curse of the Pirate King... I loved that game. You and I are the only ones who did. It didn't even move 5,000 units. Since then, Moonbeam has found broader appeal with our action franchises like Max Warfare and Sim Aircraft Carrier. But Penelope... Evelyn, how long have you been gaming? Since I was a little girl. Then I want you to think about the smiles on the faces of millions of little girls as they clutch their own copy of Penelope Pontrain. And below Penelope's name, it'll have yours and mine right next to each other by Evelyn Schaefer and Tim Beck. On the same box? Now, isn't that worth a little collaboration? Here, I'll give you a moment to think about it. We're out of wheatgrass. As a kid, when I got home from school, I'd run to the TV and fire up bar 8-bit NES. In the hours that I played, I felt the real world fade. In retrospect, it's silly, I guess. But on the other side of the screen, I had a purpose. As I jumped across each ravine, I had a goal. Never lost, never small, never like me at all. On the other side of the screen, I was whole. Sure, I had a life beyond the games, and often it was nice. Some loneliness, I guess, I didn't mind. I had friends, at least a few, at times a father too, but still I wanted something more designed. And on the other side of the screen, my world was steady, a domain of rules and routine where I fit in. I could plan, persevere, the instructions were clear on the other side screen I could win for if time ran out or I fell too far I could always start anew for I was more than me I was my avatar oh how I long to cross into the other side of the screen where I was better screen I had an escape no on the other side of the screen I had a home good news if we put the order in today we can have stuffed Penelope's on sale in time for the holidays I'm sorry I can't do it. Uh, excuse me? I can't betray Penelope. She would never do it to me. Of course she wouldn't. She's a fictional character and possibly a plush doll. I'm sorry, but I can't. <laughs> Listen, Evelyn, maybe you don't understand how this business works. We make games, we sell games. If we don't sell millions of copies, 
How do we keep the studio open? And if you make Penelope Pontrain and the Nazi zombies... Good title. Who cares if the studio's open or shut? I think we're done here. You can show yourself out. You were talented once. You know that. And once, I thought you were smart. Every story needs a hero To slay the dragon, scale the wall And here I thought I had one But sometimes heroes fall Well, I'm no princess in a tower Pining night and day The hero said, game over But that's okay Cause me, I say, game on, bring the danger and the glory, game on, bring me straight into the scrum, and I swear, I'll become the new hero of my story, see my sword is chance of a lifetime was ariana shore as evelyn schaefer and ryan andes as tim beck ryan was referred by the producer for a reading of neurosis we did and he turned out to be that's delightfully right. douchey delightfully douchey is exactly how she described me <laughs> and that's how i got the role only on stage <laughs> and in person what's your name oh my real name oh my 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 name name what's your name can i what if i said um, laser Star Nipple. It's my superhero name. <laughs> laser Star Nipple? Was that your real name, but it was already taken? <laughs> it was already company. taken, yes! So I had to settle with Ryan Andes. Yeah. You couldn't do Laser Star Nipple 69? <laughs> Unfortunately, no, that was that was also taken. So my name's Ryan Andes, and I played Tim Beck. Cool, and you what's your name? My name's Greg, and I played the lyricist. That was really good, by the way. Oh, thank you. I I frequently awe myself. <laughs> this idea actually started off. Do you remember how this idea started off, Greg? Oh, yes, yes. Um, Andy had the, uh, came in with the image of a girl with a 
Mario mushroom tattoo and then trying to delve into her psychology, like why would she get that tattoo? What did it mean to her? I've known somebody who has a Mario mushroom tattoo. That's literally, I mean, that was the direct physical, actual in inspiration for this was I saw this girl with a mushroom tattoo. She must've been like, I think she was 19. And I turned to my friend and I was like, why would you like the first thing you do to say like, I'm an adult, I'm getting a tattoo is get a Mario mushroom tattoo. Was it, wait, was it a one up mushroom? It was a one up. Is this the same girl? Cause that's, this, that's <laughs> what this person had. I don't know, was it in Albany, New York? No, it was on her back. Oh, weird. Yeah. How many people has this person inspired? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's but thinking about it later on, it is kind of a fun way to like embrace what kind of kept you sane in your childhood or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, those things become precious as we get older. Yeah. Did I you mean, ever play video games when you were a kid? Absolutely. What, what were your go-to games? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Um, but like, I loved the the like weirdy. Like adventure games, like, yeah. like honestly, I loved Rygar. Rygar was my flipping oh, jam. Dude. I don't know Rygar. I only it was awesome. You, he had this like crazy chain weapon that you know, he would Greg? flip around with. Oh, and Strider. I loved Strider. Things like Ninja that. Gaiden. Oh, Ninja Gaiden was the jam. I never beat that game. I spent hours of my life, weeks probably, trying to beat that game, and I never did. How is it different from? Because you do a lot of voiceover work, right? I do, yeah. And, I, I, yeah. And you do a lot of that like you from your own home, right? Do you have those? I do have a, a, it's like a, a studio. Yeah. It's more like a mic in front of my laptop that I, you know, put like a blanket over my head. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I hear you. It's totally I hear you. ghetto, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, was it I, doing, I mean, I book jobs. doing like a scene? Like, is that different, you know, with, you know, without um, another person to work yeah, off? Yeah, and, and you know, going back and like actually listening to that episode, I, I, like I would have done things so much differently. For sure. What, can you think of anything? Oh, I, I, well, listening to it, I, I just feel like it was, it, like I wasn't talking to somebody. I felt like it was kind of phoned in, like a little no. bit. I think partly that it was our first time doing it, so we yeah. were kind of just getting used to it. Yeah. I think also we were in your apartment at the time, which yep. was a tiny little tiny, and yep. it was really super hot in there. Oh right. And your roommate. Because this was at the end of August when we recorded. Yeah. 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 There was a cat sort of like bouncing around. Yeah. And I was like wedged into this tiny closet, sweating my, can I say nuts off? Can I say that? <laughs> I was sweating my testicles off. Yeah, thank you for using the scientific. scientific. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, I know you say you phoned it in, but um, I was really moved, particularly by the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> boobs was funny. <laughs> it's, it's my ringtone. <laughs> Is it really? No, I, I shouldn't have said phoned it in. I just felt like it wasn't, like when I listened to it, I could sense that I wasn't connecting. Like it didn't sound honest to me whereas when we've done things like uh, Veronica, the Veronica at the altar like it, it like it, it just kind of has like a better banter and yeah. I I just I, and I, I think going back I'm like oh man I would have done that a little just a little bit differently yeah know? but I think it caught a cool side of you that I think is fun and, and works okay you know as a performer it's always weird to like listen to yourself you know I've gotten better at it as I've, as I've gotten older especially yeah. with voiceover but you know there's that little thing in your head that make, that's like not the bullshit detector but it's like does this sound yeah. real like is he is there am I telling the truth in this yeah, yeah, yeah. and I felt like sure, sure, sure. Could have, I could have been more truthful in that did you know uh, I haven't told you this yet but what? this just got accepted into the Samuel French off off Broadway short play festival congrats that's, that's wonderful so is that going to be performed or yeah it's going to be August sometime between August 3rd and 9th you know, it's, it's exciting. Uh, the, uh, I'd done the festival a couple of years ago. This, the festival is surprisingly difficult to get into. They have something like 1,500 applicants, and they pick 30. And oh then dear Jesus. once yeah, you're in it, crazy. it goes Hunger Games style. They have you perform, and they eliminate you. Really? And so last time we made it to, like, round two, and then Who? got... Uh, 
who nominated. decides? Is there like a They're round judges, of judges? Yeah. yeah. There's judges in the audience. And Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Intense, right? It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> a crazy amount of, I guess, backstory and legwork went in before we started writing anything. And that was the more difficult part of the process, figuring out what was the story we were trying to tell, yeah. who mm-hmm. the characters were. There's like an elaborate summary of the game that Evelyn designed somewhere, as well as the game that she played in her youth that she really liked. Right, because you, cause you design games also, right, Greg? Um, Isn't that, or at least yeah. you have in the past. Yes, yeah. My senior project in college was a computer game. Um, thank you, Yale Computer Science Department. Uh, don't take <laughs> back my diploma. Um, That's crazy. I want to play it. I do too. Uh, <laughs> it actually like it's it remains the best review that I've ever gotten in the New York Times. Amazing. <laughs> um, and they're like, yeah, this is well written and like fun to play, and it looks like it was drawn by a two-year-old. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much me. <laughs> that was a stylistic choice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the style is incompetence. Episode number nine, Mon Petit Bijou, book by Chris Cretelli, music and lyrics by Andy Roninson. Puisque l'un de mes compatriotes vient d'être lâchement assassiné. late. Two days, Justin. Why didn't you call from the airport, eh? Last time I checked, Quebec still had telephones. And you didn't have to spend the money on that taxi. It's a waste. Nice to see you too, Mom. Where is Darren? He had to stay in Prague. He's conducting Il Trovatore <gasps> next week. It's a big deal. No. Uh, convenient. Mom, please. Please work, Justin. You bend over backwards for that man. You uprooted your life, moved across an ocean for him. You love him, and I'm happy for you. But when it comes to your needs and your family, he always has obligations. I didn't move for him. I... Nope, we're not doing this today. I'm too tired. Suit yourself. Come inside. Shoes off. How could I forget? I've spent the whole weekend cleaning alone. The nurses were pigs. They left grandma's home looking like a train station. That front porch still smells like cigarettes. Are you hungry? You look thin. Thanks. No, I'm fine. Uh, uh, How are you holding up? I need your help. The men are going to be here in a few hours for the boxes. I still need to pack up the attic room. You haven't been in the attic yet? I can't reach the ladder. Uh-huh. It's not funny. It's kind of funny. Are you going to help me or not, Justin? Oui. Mon petit haricot. You only remember your French when making bad jokes about your mother, eh? Pardonnez-moi, mère. Ma mère qui est si belle, si intelligent, si magnifique, si grand. Okay, si... okay, 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 Let okay, me okay. just use my normal human-sized arms to pull this thing down. Merci. Bon, on commence. Mm. Well, I don't know the last time I was up here. Whoa, a hoarder as much? What a mess. Justine, this mess is a woman's past. Her life. Dusty life. Quoi? It, it just looks like Grandmama had a lot of past. She did. And there was one piece of that past you have to help me find. What? An elephant. Huh? Bebe. That... Doesn't help me. Bebe is his name, mon petit elephant. 
his porcelain, he put it in your pocket, I know he is up here somewhere. How do you expect us to find anything in this dust jungle? Whoa, what's this? (coughs) (coughs) Oh, old RCA Victor. I forgot they was up here. Does it still work? Oh, no, je ne sais pas. Let me see. I haven't seen it in ages. When I was a girl, she was always playing Piaf, or Jacques Brel, or Sinatra. She loved Sinatra. It was her favorite English teacher, she'd say. She'd sing him to me at bedtime. Grandmama sang to you? Some nights. After a glass of wine. Or two. Or more. Or more. (laughs) Was she happy? When you were young, she always seemed like such a nightmare. She left a lot when she left France. Holy shit! Justine! It's your bébé! What? Your elephant! Oh. Up on top of that shelf, next to those old jars. Oh, really? Vraiment? Oh, where? Oh, I see him! I can reach it. Let me just get on this box. I'll get bébé down for you. Justine, be careful. I'm fine. I... Oh, ah! Oh! Ow. Oh. I told you to be careful. Ow. I'm fine, thanks. I... Oh, no. What? No. Mom, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I, I, I can try and glue them back together. No. Mom, what's wrong? It's just a toy. <laughs> Mom? You should have been here. What? You missed Christmas again. You hadn't seen her for three years. I haven't seen you in half that. I... You leave me behind like you left her behind. What? You moved away too. You left her behind too. You didn't even like your mother. Was she a cold woman? Yes. But she was strong. She came to this country with nothing but a newborn baby, some clothes, and that stupid elephant. But she tried. She would spank you over the tiniest thing. That was the world she came from, Justine. She was practically a child herself when she had me. She did her best to raise me, to love me, and she loved you. Where is this coming from? Where will you be when I die? Across your ocean with your musician and your obligations. I'm sorry I wasn't here. I'm sorry I couldn't be at the funeral. I feel terrible. I really, really do. But honestly, I barely knew her. And I have a life. I'm sorry it's far away, but I have a great career and a wonderful man that loves me with all of his heart and won't make me swim through a river of shit to earn it. How dare you? And I'm trying to make it work with him. I don't want what you and Dad had. I... (gasps) Mom. Mama, I... Wait. What? What? That box I was standing on? Look. L'enchement de la nuit, chansons parisienne. This girl on the cover, is that? Let me see that. I can't believe it. Grandmama is... Hot. (laughs) I don't understand. I never knew she recorded anything. What, What are you doing? We have to play it. Justine, wait. When the last cigarette. (laughs) She used to sing this to me as a little girl. And the smoke goes to dance with the night. I am there in the light that you live. Dancing with you, mon petit bijou. When the leaves 
face turned to red and gold. Do not cry when they fall all around. Look around, see the ground now is gold. My gold is you, mon petit bijou. Not a sigh, not a tear. Let your sorrow disappear. Though tomorrow I'll be far, do not fear. In the memory of our love, I am near. Au revoir isn't just goodbye. It's goodbye till we meet once again. Those who know where and when say goodbye for us. Au revoir till the next rendezvous, mon petit On the way here, one of the flight attendants said something that stuck with me. You know how I get when I fly. I kept chatting her ear off, trying to keep from thinking of, you know, a terrible plummeting death. And I mentioned Grandmama and why I was traveling. And she said, she said that our mothers give birth to us twice. Once when we're born, and once when they die. Hmm. That's beautiful. Don't give birth to me again for a long, long time, okay? Come here. <laughs> Au revoir is in Goodbye. It's goodbye till we meet once again. Those who know where and when say goodbye for us. Au revoir till the next rendezvous, mon petit. was Jennifer Blood as Justine, Sophie Hayden as Yvette, and Cyril M.A. as Grandmama. My name is Cyril M.A. Yeah, and you played, you, your character didn't really have a name, but she was Grandmama, as they called her. Yeah, I was Grandmama. Yeah, ambassadorization of English and French. What did you think when it was all done? Like, you had no idea kind of how it was going to Yeah, I, d- I didn't really know the story. Yeah, you just knew the song. Yeah. Yeah, and then the... It kind of showed up as this mysterious voice from the past. Yeah, I liked uh, the old sound. Yeah. And um, like a scratchy vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. It was different context than what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. You're, you do just, I mean, not just, but you do jazz and you do it, you know, at all the top clubs and everything and around the world. And yeah, and also I, I try to, you know, when I record. We get we try to get best sound and everything and mm. here listening to this in an old kind of vinyl scratchy sound it was nice and different you did a bed in a chair which was all sondheim songs arranged for the jazz at lincoln center orchestra right winston marsalis orchestra yeah 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 and you were kind of the the pro jazz singer brought in the ringer 
Yeah, I was the only jazz singer yeah. inside. It was supposed to be two jazz singers and two Broadway singers, but they couldn't find another jazz singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. In New York, it's kind of weird, but... Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I co-starred with Bernadette Peters, which yeah. was amazing. Absolutely. And uh, Norm Lewis and mm. Jeremy Jordan. Jordan. How was it doing? Have you, did you do any musicals or anything in school or anything like that, in like high school, some shows? Yeah, but I can't compare it to this. Oh, no, of not, course. It was not professional. It was just for, for fun. Sorry, so in my shows, uh, when I choose a song, it's because it means something to me mm-hmm. <clears throat> personally, and I interpret it the way I want to interpret it, and I have to really put myself in the position of this song and... And in the Sondheim show, the director would tell me, okay, this, you are not surreal. You forget about surreal. Yeah. You are this, uh, this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was completely a different approach. Absolutely. Mm. Um, do you, did they have to kind of mesh to you in any way, or they just did what they did? They're all pros. They do what they At At first, for the whole, we had two weeks of re- rehearsals every day and it was just a Broadway piano player the way he played was really Broadway and I was kind of really the only one in the whole rehearsal room that had no experience on Broadway yeah but then before the show we did two rehearsals where the orchestra came yeah and all of a sudden I was the only one that knew about jazz and (laughs) they were all uh, they were all thrown aback and and then the two worlds kind of blended together for the show. Did you feel like you learned something from watching them? Oh, so much. And yeah. I've been taking acting lessons ever since. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, I, one of the songs that I was singing in the show, mm-hmm. uh, Live Alone and Like It, mm-hmm. I wrote an arrangement, and it's on my next record. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so, Very cool. So I, I did take a lot from that experience. Where are you from? From France. I'm where, from France. Where in France? From a little town called uh, Samois-sur-Seine. It's, uh-huh. it's um, in the south of Paris. Yeah. I mean, south... south Sa- it's more south than Paris. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's the town where Django Reinhardt used to live. Mm-hmm. And, and every year there's a, a Django festival in his honor. Yeah. And <clears throat> Django was a gypsy. And so gypsies from all across Europe come to honor him in their caravans and they set camp in the fields in Samoa. Yeah. And when I was a little girl, when I was 14, mm-hmm. I became friends with the gypsies and that's how I started to sing. Yeah. Awesome. Episode number 10. Drive around, please. Book and lyrics by Kevin Wanzer. Music by Andy Roninson. It can be hard holding a smile at work, especially when you're working the drive through window at a Super Burger. So that's a coffee with skim and seven orders of hash browns? But not for a young man named Jed. Yeah, here's your receipt. Oh, and... There's a picture on your napkin and I drew it just for you. It is there to keep you smiling when you're only driving through. <laughs> Have a tasty day. Nice napkin, Jed. One of your best. Libby, you're late. I need coffee. Where's your uniform? Don't let Mr. Tuttle see you. Coffee first. I just made some. Let me know if it's any good. God, it's 7 a.m. How can you be here right now without any coffee? I tried it when I was a kid. Blech. All kids hate coffee. It's for adults. Mmm. Good. Our noble duty calls. Good morning. Thank you for choosing Super Burger. I'm Jed. How can I make your day tastier? Oh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um. 
Are you kidding me? Libby. Yes, Mr. Tuttle? Take over. Jed, come meet me by the fryer. Sure, Mr. Tuttle. So, how's this Libby working out? Great. She's great. Yeah? Not sure she's super burger material. She has a different style. We got a manual. I don't like different styles. Hey, Jed, this guy doesn't understand the difference between a breakfast burrito and a breakfast fiesta wrap. Can you explain? I'm on it. Let me know if there's any problems, I right? Will do, Mr. Tuttle. Wait, Libby, where's the customer? He couldn't decide and drove away. So, I'm not super burger material, huh? You heard that? Oh, man, I'm sorry. Don't be. Jed, this place sucks. No. I don't want to be a cog in this grease machine. You're looking at it all wrong. It's actually pretty magical. No way. Look, Mrs. Davis drives through at 7.03. She puts 11 packs of sugar into caffeinated tea. She does it every day. She's here every day. Father Donnie drives through at 7.18. Sure, his soul might be quite spotless, but his car's not very clean. It's messy every day. He's here every day. So many people as different as can be. And they're all lining up for me. At the drive-thru, people come to me. Feeling tired and hungry and stressed But by the time they drive around There's not a grumble to be found Cause my service is truly the best At the drive-thru People come to me With the munchies and money to spend And by the time they drive away They made a friend Mr. Sumner drives through at 7.31 He always has a different lady Dude is having so much fun A new girl every day They're here every day So many people as busy as can be But they all wait their turn for me At the drive-thru People count on me Well at least that's what I've heard them say by the time they drive around Before that Diet Coke's been downed I make sure that they have a nice day At the drive-thru People count on me For the food and the feelings I send And by the time they drive away They made a friend By the time they drive away made a friend So if it's coffee or waffles or sleeves of hash browns I'm giving out smiles where there used to be frowns Take all the other drive throughs in all the other towns and you'll see It's only this drive through that gets me Well, you can't stay at a drive-thru forever. Besides, your napkins, your, your drawings, they're really good. 
Ever want to go to art school? You could look at the time, Mr. Sakalakis is late. I should God, make this. why do you care so much, Jed? I see these people every morning. They're like friends. You don't see them outside of work. No, but I don't really see you outside work, and we're like friends. Yeah. I'm glad that we're like friends. I'm glad that we're like I don't know. But you make me smile when I'm at my worst. So there's something I should say while the drive through's pretty slow. But I think I need a little refill first. <laughs> You're drinking more coffee? Well, you gotta pay attention to your thirst. I'm pouring you one. Oh no, I'm anxious enough. Maybe you should want more coffee. <laughs> Maybe you should try more cream. You've got talent and taste, so it's really a waste that you don't give a jolt to your dream. Cause I know I want more coffee. Yeah, I know I wanna fly and we'll never taste the good stuff if we don't give it a try. So. Maybe you should reach for sugar. (laughs) Maybe you should ask for ice. Try a strange foreign blend and I think in the end you'll find some of the bitterness nice. Cause I always want more coffee. Yeah, I wanna feel it's high and we'll never taste the best stuff. If we don't give it a try You might sweat a little, fret a little Your heart might skip a beat And though you might shake a little, quake a little The feeling is always so sweet, not low Try some coffee, mate For a coffee date Well, um, I mean, you never know But maybe you're afraid of coffee Maybe you don't like my mug. Still, I hope that you find something more than the grind that our miserable co-workers chug. But I know I want good coffee. Yeah, I want it bold and strong. But the only thing with coffee is it only lasts so long. Good morning. Thank you for choosing Super... Yeah, that's okay. I was just wondering, is a Super Pancake stack gluten-free? I can't eat gluten. I'm sorry. Are your eggs cage-free? I'm allergic to anything caged. I don't think... Fine. One super cheesy egg and bacon, but no cheese. And no bacon. And no egg and no bun. You just want butter. Ew, no. This is slow food and not fast food. Why do I always get stuck with idiots? Is there, like, a manager or something that can help me? Jed, I got this. Oh, Excuse me, lady. Hi, manager. Hi. So, 
You are currently at a drive-thru at Super Burger. Super Burger is super for burgers, fries, and a menu of breakfast items. Here, every order is rolled in salt and each comes with a side of super lactose cheese. It's non-negotiable. One more thing, Jenna. We butter, bread, and fry everything on the menu. Water comes with packets of high fructose corn syrup. We even add extra chemicals to our diet soda. So, before you start insulting people, I'd suggest you join modern society and find out what fast food is. If you want it, come back. If not, find some other minimum wage workers to annoy. Now, have a tasty day! Rude. Libby, what the hell was that? I'm sorry, Jed, but that is not super, super burger behavior. Mr. Tuttle, that customer was... Uh, hello? She's got no excuse, Jed. It's in the handbook. And she's not even in uniform. She needed coffee. She's an idiot. Libby, we'll pay you until the end of the shift, but you gotta get out of here. You're firing no, me? No, Mr. Tuttle, Ding you dong. can't... Anyone home? I'll get my things. Libby, hold up. Don't go. Hello? Jed, get that. Now! <sighs> Thank you for choosing Super Burger. I'm Jed. How can I make your day even tastier? <laughs> You're supposed to make the best of where you are and what you do, aren't you? You're supposed to be accepting and polite, right? That's called service with a smile. That's called making life worthwhile. Or is my peppy, sunny style all just for show? Well, I guess there's so much more I need to know. What are you doing? I'm making myself a coffee. <laughs> Don't be stupid, Jenny. Why do that to yourself? Cause now I know, Mr. Tuttle, now I know. You see, I've tried the shitty coffee, and my god, it sure does blow. But there's another thirst inside starting to grow. Cause now I know, Mr. Tuttle, now I know. Is anyone there? I'm waiting. You're gonna get that? Shh. Ah, uh, forget it. See, now I know, Mr. Tuttle, now I know If I don't rush to help that jackass, then it might be apropos No matter what, still the same old status quo But now I know, Mr. Tuttle, now I know There are things worse than coffee and customers Things both humongous and small They might appall me, excite or enthrall me But hell, I wanna try them all Libby, I... Shut up. I'm driving around to the window. Come with me, Jed. What? Screw Tuttle. Climb through the window and get in my car. Don't you dare. Take a leap. There are other jobs. There's more than napkins. She's a bad influence. If you leave, you can never come back. And don't forget my coffee. You wouldn't. But then I'll know, Mr. Tuttle, then I'll know I'll know a girl who thinks I'm special, thinks my art could have a show And so, Mr. Tuttle, so here you go, Mr. Tuttle, here you go Huh? What's this? It's a picture on your napkin, and I drew it just for you It is there to keep you smiling, cause I'm only driving through Don't you go through that window! Have a tasty day, Mr. Tuttle, and now you know Drive Around, Please was Emily Crone as Libby, George Merrick as Mr. Tuttle, and Nick Blameyer as Jed. I just want to make sure that's 
Is this going to be this part going to be recorded? Yeah, this album? this should be the opening segment. I think can just move to the front. Uh, it's just going to be going. My name is Kevin, and I was the lyricist. Uh, and I'm Nick, and I sang one of the two roles. Uh, Kevin, how did you and I get on this? Uh, we met a lot at a diner. Uh -huh. We're talking about situations, things we haven't really seen written before, places that we haven't really seen written before. I was uh, coming off of a not very fun service job, and I think I had a lot to say um, subconsciously. And, um, um, and then I think you came up with the idea of you know, setting it in a fast food place. And then from there, kind of just uh, unraveled from there. Yeah, I, I have, I have a whole list of ideas on my on my phone of possible stories, and one of them was basically the idea of a McDonald's employee who loves his job, because it's just like you. It would just be great if there was some happiness in that life. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's got to be. I've never, I've never worked at a fast food place. I worked at a gas station once. Oh wow. Um, and I was playing for West Side Story at night. So in the morning, I'd open the gas station at like five, and then at night go to the park and ah, play Jesus. West Side Story. I worked at a Wawa, so that's also a gas station. Oh yeah. Have you ever been to Is a that Wawa? Was, your, was that your service job? That well, that, that was one many, many, many years ago. Wow. Because yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Wawa. Oh, that's me too. Like a, it's good coffee. Kevin, how did you feel when it was all done? When it, um, I was uh, even more than the writing of it. I think I was kind of so surprised by the by the pure speed of it. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Just in terms of looking at it on the page and then kind of like trying to pare it down and then like, oh, okay, there's really, you know, I think like, oh, there's room for a beat here and there's room for a beat here. And then you hear it in the podcast and you're like, oh, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Because it's, that's, it, it's completely But well, we also oral. started our yeah. first, the first draft you sent me was like 17 pages oh, yeah, or something. That's going to be how we write And there was a whole <laughs> like subplot. But by that point, by the time like we pared it down like to the third draft where it was only 11 pages, we had we we had talked through we you know like does this make sense does this make sense so we knew how it was supposed to flow we knew these characters we talked about them what makes sense the lyrics especially you know what is what's her face Libby trying to say with the coffee song what is Jed's real motivation here um, we we'd also talked about how to make something subtextual on a podcast it's tricky you know what I mean like uh, yeah, in a yeah, song but still that's, clear. Like, that's still clear in there yeah. and like and, and that's both in the dialogue and the lyrics well I love the, I love what you're saying about uh, you know the fact that this is essentially a radio play and what do you have to do in the writing to make sure that it pops uh, without the visual element and I do, I do think that like you know you guys did a really uh, a really good job of keeping it simple and not over explaining which is like mm. my least favorite thing about storytelling period is that you're not giving the audience the space to inhabit it and sort of see themselves in it. And I think that's really important and uh, doubly difficult without the element of a face to watch. Yeah. And so like sort of drawing the face with these words and what's exciting is because of the speed and because of what probably felt, you know, crappy to kill the babies, um, you end up at this, this place where we are racing to catch up, which is a great place for the audience to be. Uh, Nick, like this was something I wanted to ask you. Like, how do you feel being a writer and an actor? Do you do you feel like they inform each other in your roles? Certainly. I mean, yes. That's that's the goal. On an ideal day, yeah. They uh, they sort of create the yin yang. I should probably set up that you are a writer, like <laughs> hardcore. 
Yeah. You, I mean, you just had a show, what was it, Soon? Soon, yeah. Where was that? Uh, Signature Theater in D.C. It was also a Signature. Yeah. And, uh, no, the, what about uh, A Little More Alive? A Little More Alive, we did it at uh, Kansas City Rep last year, right around this time, uh-huh. and we're about to go to Barrington Stage and do it uh, in July. Incredible. Thanks, man. And and you had a show on Broadway, you know, <laughs> little things, you know. You're an actor, you were just in, uh, you recently, was Godspell your most, well no, Found, you did off-Broadway. Yeah, Found was uh, this fall, and yeah, like to your answer to your question, I feel like they're two complementary disciplines. Sometimes they get in each other's way, and I like the, the practice of trying to let go of, you know, diagramming something yeah. uh, and just sort of experiencing it, and it's hard to do that when I'm writing, and I mm. keep trying to sort of remind myself that, you know, that is something that, like, I, that I enjoy too. But, you know, like, acting through your own stuff to make sure that the beats actually are playable. Totally. And not, you know, too intellectual. And there's, I think that's, that's hard. And uh, so that's kind of my long-form goal is to figure out how to keep them, you know, as uh, helpful to each other as possible. Yeah. As someone who writes with a lot of people myself, I mean, it's, yeah, it's true. I do. I have a lot of collaborators and I love them all and they bring out different sides of me and, they, and we can do different things together. Yeah. But, um, you know, I really do think that I like to say yes because I think that if I learn something from them as a writer, I get that, you know, or they're going to go on and do something amazing and maybe we won't be working together, but like now I'll have this experience. And, and I just believe that, you know, if you surround yourself by people that you, that you trust and like and, and respect and you keep, uh, you know, a positive open mind about them and yourself, good things happen and, and, and people rise together. That supportive community can only help to serve you artistically and in a business sense. Yeah. I, the stupid thing I always say is that um, Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones were apparently roommates. Yeah, and Dustin Hoffman um, and Gene Hackman did, were exa- roommates. Exa- yeah. And there's something about like getting to know someone that young when you're not, when you're not anyone or anything mm-hmm. and, and being supported, even if it's nothing to do with what you do. I do um, think that's really true though. I mean, I think, I mean, A, I hope it's true and B, I think that like, there's a real sense about, especially writers who haven't made a living writing yet, I feel like I constantly have this, uh, when is my life gonna start feeling? Mm. And like, life already started. Yeah. It's happening, yeah. it's like a quarter, more than a quarter over, like, yeah. let's go. Well, that's it. That's the full retrospective for episodes numbers 6 through 10. If you've enjoyed this hour and a half of entertainment, uh, why not consider giving back and uh, going to takeat10musicals.com and going to the support page. That would help us out so much. You can also buy any song you heard today from any episode uh, by emailing us at takeat10musicals at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, like us on Facebook, tell your friend, share, and please subscribe on iTunes, comment, rate, do all of that. It'll take 10 seconds and you'll help us out so much. We would so appreciate it. Uh, we all love you more than we can say. I speak for everybody. Uh, ipso facto ad infinitum. Uh, go, go, go. Take a 10 was created and directed by Andy Roninson with production assistance from Gabe Aguilar, Lee Cavalier, Rick Chekovsky, and Jennifer Piacenti. And thanks to Meredith Lark for reading the credits for us. Uh, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll have something very, very cool for you next month, on the first of the month, every month. But until then, don't forget to take a breath, take a break, take a ten. When your credit card won't take, when you miss the bus again, take a breath, oh, take a break, and take. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, it's nice seeing you all. Yeah. 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 Yeah.